Welcome back to the Morning Grind, Roto Grinders. This is Dean with you once again. Stevie, he will back you. He'll be back with you guys shortly, taking over his show soon enough. Uh, at least that's the word I have. Of course, if you guys want to get his NASCAR package, you know where to get it here at rotogrinders.com. That said, we're doing something a little bit different today. Uh, we're going to be talking to somebody uh, in the Washington Nationals, the defending champion Washington Nationals organization. Uh, with that, we're going to bring in uh, Jacob Condra Bogan. Jacob, uh, it's great talking to you. We we're talking pre-show. We have a, but I, I mean, we'll, we'll have a chunk of time here to talk, uh, kind of pick your brain about the minor leagues and things that are going on there and uh, how we discovered you or how you discovered us, uh, our producer. Uh, we, we've been pumping out some, uh, some sports card uh, content of late, and that's something you've been doing as well, too. On the Instagram, we'll be talking about that soon enough as well. But, uh, Jacob, uh, how, are things, uh, how are things in your world? I wish you were busier. Yeah, I wish I was a little busier, too, but things are going – I can't complain. I get to spend some time with my wife that I normally wouldn't, wouldn't get to spend. I'm a newlywed. I got married uh, last December, last December. So congratulations. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, congratulations on the wedding. Hope all, all is going well there. And you're, uh, you're in the Washington Nationals organization. Of course, uh, there's no minor leagues because of COVID. And, uh, yeah, again, we're going to talk about your sports card stuff in a bit too. And we've been doing a lot of that content here at RG as well. And you have your own card because we, we want to learn about that because that's a – that's like every boy's dream, isn't it? That's pretty right. awesome to have your own sports card. And you, you autographed it yourself, uh, and it went somewhere, yes. and then it came back to you at some point. <laughs> yes. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's start – I guess let's start uh, as far as uh, as far as high school. Let's see, you're drafted out of, uh, what, the 30th round? I pulled up your Wikipedia here. I was cheating yeah. here a little bit. So I went to uh, four years at Wofford College. Um, then I spent a grad year at Georgia Southern. Uh, I was drafted there to the Blue Jays in the 32nd round. And then um, – we didn't come to terms, and then the next year I signed with the Royals, um, and I played for the Royals for a couple months, and then I was traded one for one for Brian Goodwin uh, to the Nationals. So, and I've been with Nationals ever since. Uh, ever since um, last year, I was in Double A Harrisburg for all, for most for all of the year, and then I played in Arizona Fall League, uh, spring training, COVID. Now we're here. <laughs> What's it like crossing paths with uh, Brian Goodwin, or do you even cross paths with him? Like, is it weird getting traded for somebody? It was very weird. It was very – I was playing catch one day. Uh, I had just been promoted to high A. I was playing catch, like, my third day there. Um, and all I hear from our manager was, not another throw, Jacob Conger broke. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God, like, what did I do? I was, I was like, am I getting released? Like, I, I've been pitching pretty good, um, pretty well. And he, he calls me in, he's like, well, you're no longer a Kansas City Royal. I'm like, like what? What? Like what happened? He's like, yeah, you got traded to the Nationals. I was like, okay, all right, that's that's a little bit, that's a little better. But it, I had no clue. Like I had no, they didn't. I didn't know I was even in a discussion to be traded or anything like that. So it was a little surreal. And then when I found out that I was being traded, me, me, because I wasn't a big prospect, um, straight up for a big leaguer. You know, that's a little, it's a little special. So that felt pretty good. I, I just uh, – you had a cup of coffee there. I have to ask you about this. cup of coffee with a team called the Washington Wild Things. Yes. Uh, is yeah. that – is that – okay, I feel like it's either inspired of one or two things as far as the team name. Is that inspired based on the Major League movie? Or is Gotta that be. inspired like Mitch Williams, like the, the former relief pitcher? Does he own the team? Yeah. What's so the story after, we didn't, after I didn't sign with the Jays, I played one month with the Wild, Washington Wild Things, which is the indie ball team in the Frontier League. Uh, and I played that August with them. Uh, had a great time. Now, indie ball is a completely different experience, even for minor league ball. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I, th I think it's definitely from – so I don't know how often a game I heard, wild thing, 
you know, <laughs> how much you hate that song now <laughs> oh it was my favorite movie i don't know if it still is it was my favorite baseball movie now now i have to you know maybe switch to bull durham or something like that <laughs> if you if you walk like one or two it's one or two guys in the crowd everybody starts doing it i suppose right is that just automatically what happens if whatever reason you're a pitcher well, hopefully not to me not to the hometown team <laughs> but to the other team for sure have they fully Im- what's the mascot for the wild things what does it look what does it look like do you know you remember I'm pretty sure it's like a a base like a, it's like a bit I don't know if you know I think it's like the baseball uh you know how he wore the, the glasses in the movie and had the mohawk I think it's like that sure oh there you go <laughs> yeah the minor yeah. leagues they have some uh, and you've played you know you've been around minor leagues as well you, you, what's like the weirdest most most fun team name that, uh, that you have out there that you my favorite team before? name uh is I like the Akron Rubber Ducks the Rubber Ducks Akron like Ohio them. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that team. The Flying Squirrels is pretty good. Um, you know, there's some really crazy names out there. Um, is there any sort of weird, like, in-game promotions you can think of that just sort of off the top of your head that sort of, uh, you know, inspired by the team names? I don't know I'm just kind of getting off this tangent, but now I have it in my head. I'm just, you know, because they, they do different things in the minor leagues to kind of bring in crowds for promotions, right? There's been some uh, – I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. I don't know if I can quick think of one. But uh, the in-between innings sometimes – uh, they get a little wild. Sometimes they uh, adventure onto the field. Uh, <laughs> like you'll have animals start running wild on the field, and you'll see videos of that. That is uh, that's kind of sometimes commonplace in the wild west of the minor leagues. Did you did you always want to be uh, when you're playing baseball? Would you take the pitching right away? Were you, did you, were you a better hitter at first? And how did you land uh, becoming a pitcher? Well, I was kind of a late late bloomer for sure. I didn't really start focusing on baseball until around eighth grade. Um, and I was just, and I was a, I was a good athlete, but I wasn't a great baseball player at all. Um, and I didn't ever think I was gonna play college baseball, to be honest. Um, but I played, I was probably always better, a better pitcher than hitter. Um, I was just athletic, so I could play center field pretty well. Um, that was about 70 pounds ago. So I was, I was moving pretty well then. <laughs> well, when, when did you realize that like, this could be a thing, this could be a career? At what point do you say, like, you start taking it more seriously? I mean, sometimes I still wonder <laughs> what's going on. Um, but, no, I was – I thought I was going to be a college basketball player. Uh, you know, that was my dream was to uh, be a college basketball player. You know, even at the Division two level, I, that's what I wanted to do. And then um, I didn't – we didn't have a ton of mo- money growing up, so I, I didn't get to play a ton of summer ball and go to all these big camps in East Cobb or whatever. Um, you know, and that's another story about the epidemic of – pay to play that's going on in the baseball world. Um, but I went to a Wofford camp. I saw it in the newspaper back when the newspaper in the classified section was a What's thing. What's a newspaper? Uh, I saw in the newspaper that they had a camp going for like $80. This is during football season, my senior year. Um, so I went to Wofford College. It was right down the road, went to camp. Um, that was the first time I'd ever been on a radar gun. Uh, and I hadn't thrown a baseball in months. And I was like up to 92 miles an hour. Nice. I was like, holy crap, I'm actually – not that bad. Uh, and then I started getting a little more interest there. Um, but and I ended up committing there as well. What are we maxing out now? Around 98, 99, 100? Yeah. Yeah. Around. <laughs> what are you doing now? Like, can you, are you playing catch with somebody? How do you stay fresh? Because I go, I go to a local facility that is like a, um, it's called Upward Sports and it is like, so I'm, I live in the home of Zion. So this is also a pretty big basketball place right now for, 
Um, but this is this beautiful facility. They have a baseball park. They have an Olympic gym, and it's private. Um, so, you know, for COVID and stuff, that's fantastic. I don't really want to go to a public gym right now. Um, sure. Because people aren't always going to wipe after themselves or whatever. Um, so I go there, and I throw, I work out, and I do it all in one place, which has been a, a blessing. It's been a blessing. So it keeps me from running around and uh, running all over the place, trying to throw one, throw here, go lift there, and do all kinds of stuff like that. Well, and what do the Nationals say? Like, are you, everybody's just kind of like, as far as all our minor leaguers, everybody's just got to stay fresh on their own, like just in case we need to call you up, or how does that work? Yep, exactly. That's it. That's it. Stay fresh on your own. Send in video to them. Um, talk, you know, we'll have talks with the coaches and stuff about what, what we're working on, what our goals are and what we can do better. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's interesting that depending on every, just kind of like got to behave, uh, you know, just, uh, act as if uh, you'll get the call up any day now and then they'll need you for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, that's just really weird how that works. Uh, is there any perk by the way, is being defending champions and nationals, do you get anything out of this in the minor leagues or does it trickle down or not so much? I got pride. <laughs> I, I would like to, you know, a little check, but pride's pretty good too, I guess. <laughs> hey, pride's worth something. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> but no, uh, on the minor league side, uh, no, I'd like a t-shirt at least, but right now, nothing. They got to get you a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're part of you're on the Nationals. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't hook you up, but the, what's it cost to make a shirt these days? I played with some of those big leaders last year. You know, maybe I gave them a few words that got them going. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, everybody, everybody plays a role. Uh, was, I'm trying to think down my head. Like, yeah. So talk about some of the guys you play with. And I guess talk about some of the guys in the majors, uh, I guess Harper's, but you know, older than you, Soto's younger than you. I used to be cross yeah. paths with those guys. Uh, I, I think I've not Harper. Harper was, uh, Harper was, well, when I got traded, that was the last year of Harper. So I, okay. the only time I would run into any of those guys would be spring training. Um, but you know, I played with Michael, Michael A. Taylor, Aaron Barrett, Adrian Sanchez, um, Johnny Venters, like a lot of really good, really good guys. Mostly, that's probably the biggest thing that over how talented they are. Ryan Zimmerman played with him a few times this year during his rehab since. Um, you know, more than anything is that a lot of these guys are amazing human beings. Amazing. Definitely everyone I just named there as well. And I, I'm missing plenty uh, when I was in AA because um, they would come to AA and then they'd go straight to Washington. Our Triple A team was in Fresno, so we had a lot of guys going from Double A to the big leagues instead of going Double A, going to the West Coast, and then flying all the way to DC. So, um, but Eric Fetty, both there's just Andrew Stevenson. There's a, a and these guys are all amazing human beings. That's like an organizational philosophy, right? Depending some organizations, like they'll they get take you from Double A to Triple A, and some uh, they'll just jump from Double to to the majors, and it's just. I guess different uh, organizations have different philosophies. Like so, Soto never – I mean, Soto's uh, – He's an outlier you know. too, right? He's just uh, but, but he never played an inning in AAA. <laughs> 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 you know, he went from – he just went low A, high A. This is all in like a two-month sped, double A, and then like borderline rookie of the year if he would have played the whole season. So it's kind of crazy. Um, Do you know it? Like when you watch a Soto, like you see him, like you, you just see something about him. Just it's just different. Like the way the ball jumps off his bat, you're like, this is the guy. Like this, you can just see he's special. When when guys miss hit balls and they go 415 feet, <laughs> you, start, you start realizing that you know there's a whole other level. You know, a whole different level. And Soto's one of those guys that's like, yeah, he's on. But like when we were playing with Ryan Zimmerman, who has been he's Mr. National, he's 
I think this might be year 19 for him. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he, he opted to, to not he play this year, I saw. He opted yeah. out, you know, and I, I respect that for sure. Um, sure. But, like, even, like, as he was getting older, he was mishitting balls and, like, they're going further than people maxing out. You know, that's a, there's just a whole – there's tiers. Um, there's a whole other skill level that uh, the major – a lot of big leaguers have. Definitely the, the really good ones. How much do you care about or how much your teammates care about, like, the new analytics and, like, things like launch angle and spin rate and uh, uh, exit velocity? I, I, I remember Zimmerman had a really strong exit velocity, surprisingly, like a year or two ago. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, really jumping off his bat. Like, how much is that – how much uh, – how conscious of that are you? How much do you care about that? Uh, do you notice that, like, you know, well, younger I players – uh, Yeah, go ahead. We, we care about it. Um, we care about it. But, you know, that, that's work that you do while you're not in the game. You know, that's not work you can do in-game. In-game, you're just focusing on hitting the ball hard, getting the next out, you know, those kind of things. Like, you know, matching out, you know, making a good pitch. So, once you get into the competition, you're just focused on winning. But when you step back and you're practicing, you can focus on some of those things and do drills. So, you know, you're just trying to get better, uh, make, you know, better at your craft. And the analytics have shown, like, certain combinations work really well. You know, if you have a, a fastball that is this and you have a curveball that is this, if you pair those two together more so than necessary slider, you will have more success. Um, and there's a large sample size that shows. Um, but, you know, there's an outlier. There's always an outlier as well. How did you – what's, what's your pitch repertoire? How did you decide on it? What do you have? Well, right now I'm fastball, curveball, changeup. Um, I am a heavy, heavy fastball uh, pitcher. I'm a heavy, heavy fastball pitcher. So last year I threw my fastball over 80% of the time. And that's just what works. That's your best pitch. You throw it the most often and that's that. doesn't matter who you're facing more yeah, or less. It's just that's my best matter. pitch. I mean, Try and hit it. they always say you want to go to your strengths more than focus on their weakness. And um, my fastball is my strength um, and it, it doesn't get hit very often. So, I mean, I've had innings where I throw 30 straight fastballs and you know, <laughs> nothing like I'm, I'm good. I'm good. The catcher's just bored dropping the one. Oh, it's so easy. The catcher doesn't even drop a sign. <laughs> it's so easy. Uh, but um, I'm always continuing to develop. So this, I'm ne- I was really excited about this year. I had a new pitch. My curveball was my new pitch. Worked all off season on it, and I was really excited about it. So I never, I still haven't got to show the world that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting up some video games numbers with a new pitch. So. Yeah, so how do you come up with a new pitch now? Like, did you, like, of course you were aware of the curveball five years ago. Like, what makes you say, like, now I'm, I'm going to dedicate the time to it? Maybe didn't, whatever reason didn't take right away. Well, I mean, uh, it's – well, five years work? ago, five years ago, I didn't know what Rapsodo was or the, some of these matrix. I had no clue. Didn't have okay. it at college. Um, I don't think many people did, if we're being honest. These are all new new tools for us, the Rapsodos, the TrackMan. That's new tools. Um, but so I was pitching and I was just – seeing stuff with my eyes. Like, I knew I had a good fastball because when I threw it in a certain spot, it would almost never get hit. And I, I wasn't confident in my slider because I would see it get hit every now and then. So the confidence played a factor. But once you go to the numbers, it does. your eyes can aren't always telling the full truth. Um, what I feel, I feel like, man, every time I throw my slider in the spot, it gets hit. And then they show me the numbers. They're like, they're hitting um, 180. You know, when you throw in this spot, just keep, just trust the numbers. I yeah. trust you. You're, you're good. You know, but maybe I gave a big homer in that spot in the past or something. 
So I just don't have – that's where the numbers come into play, really. Um, a lot of times they support what you're seeing. But every now and then you're like, maybe my breaking ball is not as bad as I thought it was. I need to throw it a little more often. I just – you know, I don't see the results as I see with my fastball. But I also throw my fastball a lot. So that's kind of a – you kind of want a, a blend of analytics and what you're seeing. Um, but at the end of the day, getting outs is what, you know, what moves you up. It doesn't matter if you're really good – you have a really good fastball, really good off speed, but, you know, people are still hitting you. It doesn't matter. So there was times like the catcher, like, you know, when they actually drop a sign, they would drop a breaker and you like, you would take them off and say, no, I want to throw the fastball. And that's that. Yep. Yep. So, um, uh, like when I was in the fall league, we did a lot of, in the fall league, you know, it was like the all-star league almost, um, in the Arizona fall league. And I did really well there, but I had a quota of, uh, I had to throw a certain amount of curveballs per inning. <laughs> so, because I knew that I can get outs with my fastball, but that they did, you know, that's my focus was on working on my breaking ball. So, you're working on stuff. You don't, the results don't matter so much, yeah, right? You're so, just trying to get work in. And... Exactly. Luckily enough, my results are really good. Um, but, you know, that adds to confidence level. So, now when, when I throw my curveball, I throw with more confidence, conviction. So, uh, it's just you, confidence plays a big role in baseball in general. So I'm curious, speaking of results, like results-based thinking, and like, this is like from a DFS perspective, like a daily fantasy sports perspective, and we're like, uh, when we see a pitcher gave up four or five runs in four or five innings, and we're like, well, wait a second, he got bad up to death, the batting average in balls in play was like 570, and there was no exit velocity, and they had some weird shift on, it was just a bleeder up the middle, like that's what it should have been, and a blooper over here, and do you play the same game, kind of like, well, like, okay, yeah, on, on paper, I had a bad game. Uh, I gave up a couple hits, but really the ball was, uh, it was just a weird spot and like funky yeah. things can happen like, in baseball. Like statistically right? speaking, ground balls are the highest, you know, the highest rate of outs. Um, but if you have a, two ground balls that went through the hole that, two, you know, like, they, I mean, that's baseball, that's baseball. Yeah. Um, baseball to me is, is probably the most um, deep. It's a dependent sport compared to in, independent. If you shoot the, a perfect basketball shot, it's going in the hole. 100 out of 100 times, right? Correct. Baseball, as soon as the ball leaves my hands, I am out of the play. I'm done. There's, I mean, there's little things here and there defensively, but it is completely dependent on the umpire, the catcher, the hitter. And if the hitter hits the ball, I can make a great pitch. The hitter can hit it. It doesn't – you know what I mean? So – and there's a lot of good hitters. And you sometimes you really have to say, you know, I made the right decision. It's like gambling. Um, you made the right play or a DFS, you know, you statistically you did the right you made the right decision and sometimes it doesn't work out yeah and it's like from a hitter's perspective you can hit like three screaming line drives and you can go over three and like exactly you know and maybe you're in a slump and like you, you might want to first beat yourself up but it's hard to look at the big picture it's like hey i'm crushing it eventually you know bigger yes. sample size is going to turn around yes. but in the I've moment up, i'm sure you're frustrated i've given up three runs before and then the next day my pitching coach is like don't worry about it like the average exit velocity was 48. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like stuff like that happens. And you're like, yeah, it wasn't like I was just getting, you know, I was getting a uh, whiplash because my neck was looking at the wall every second because <laughs> they were just banging it off the wall. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned umpires. Is there a memorable, uh, I don't want to say spat, a memorable, well, what's your memorable encounters? <laughs> what, a fun one, that, like an anecdote as far as, uh, you ever get thrown out of a game from an umpire? Arguing balls and strikes, anything like that? Anything like that? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't talk. I don't talk. So <laughs> as a reliever, yeah, reliever, I just come in. Um, I try to acknowledge both umpires. 
So as I'm running in, I'll look at them and, you know, I'll give them a head nod um, or, when, you know, you want, you want to acknowledge them, um, let them know that you respect that they're there. Um, and then I typically let them do their jobs. So um, there's been times where, you know, I've thrown what I thought was strike three and like I immediately, I out of my hand, I knew it was a strike. So I started walking off and then he's mm-hmm. like, ball. And I'm just like, my bad. <laughs> and, and now you showed him up to, to like the crowd. Yeah, now I showed him up. up. And it, you yeah. know, it was never, for me, it was never intentional. It's just in my head, you, you have this picture of the zone. I've thrown so many innings. I know it's a ball. I know it's a strike out of my hand. So I saw it in my head. It wasn't a strike. It wasn't about anything about the umpire. I just knew it was a strike, and I'd walk away, and he saw it differently. Um, and that happens. You see that in the big leagues all the time. They start walking sure. off, and then they come back. Uh, but, you know, as a reliever, throwing one innings, one inning at a time, two innings at a time. Uh, I don't get to build a, uh, a rapport with the um, with the umpires like a starter. Well, you probably know these guys. I'm sure you see them all the time, I oh, yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, they, I mean, they know I'm, I'm respectful for sure, so. It's funny. So sometimes I get the hit as a reliever, and I'll go in the box and like, don't fire ball. Good luck. <laughs> I had like five abs my whole career as a reliever. Uh, Are you over? Or you got you got a hit. Oh no, I'm definitely over. I've had, I've had my thumbs <laughs> numb a couple times, but oh yeah, that's gonna sting. I didn't realize how close how close the pitcher is to you. It's kind of scary. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, but so I, I'm not looking to get anybody fired. But uh, robot umps, any interest? What's your thoughts on terrible. robot umps? They're terrible. Terrible. You you like you like the uh, the we had them in the fall league sometimes. Oh yeah, it's right. Yeah, they they, they were testing it out. And do you, is it not accurate, or you just don't like that? I don't know. What, what what's your uh? Well, your one one I don't uh, I wouldn't be upset if they had a like a quick a challenge, sure. And you know, like if they had the technology, and then you know they really felt like it was a strike. And they challenged it, sure. Like one or two of those. But completely, uh, one, I, I think I enjoy the human aspect. Human error is a big part of all this. And um, I like I like it. But statistically speaking, they get like 98.8% of balls and strikes called right, uh, <laughs> which is amazing. Or like it was some high number where, I mean, they're really good at their jobs. Yeah, well, you only know like, they're messing up, right? That, that's unfortunately that's how referees are, that's how umpires are. It's like they're doing a great job. You're not if you don't realize they're they're out there. I guess that's how it works. I mean, people yell when I make mistakes. They yell when they make mistakes. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But I mean, you see some things that are technically strikes that will never be called strikes. You know, sometimes you can throw a curveball that bounces on the plate that technically at the mm-hmm. angle crosses, and I think everyone in the baseball world. No one wants that called a strike. <laughs> you know, uh, so stuff, there's stuff like that. BVP batter versus pitcher data is something that like yes. uh, us, the daily fantasy sports, sports world yes. talk about. And, you know, pitcher versus batter uh, look from your perspective, is there, is there a guy, uh, maybe a really talented hitter that you just, whatever reason you feel overconfident on, you lock him down and vice versa. Is there somebody you see stepping in the box? Like no matter what you throw him, no matter where you throw it, he gets you every single time. Is that, is that real? Is that small sample size stuff? What's your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the sample size matter. If it's four, four bats, it's hard to really say. So, starters have this better. Um, so, I played with him in the fall league. His name's Mason McCoy. Uh, and I would joke, I joke with him. And then we went back one day and looked at, we joke about, I'm like, bro, I don't know if I ever got you out. <laughs> and then we look back to the numbers and he was like, seven for eight against me with like, all sing- singles, and I give him a, a lot of time. Like, yeah, yeah, you just hit a bunch of ground balls that went through. 
Uh, but that's one guy, and, like, he's amazing. He plays in the Orioles, so he'll – I think he's on the 60-man right now for the Orioles. Um, and then I, I, I'm not going to call out some, some guys I consistently dominate. Um, <laughs> they know who they are. They know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a couple guys that, that uh, you know, when they come up to the box, I feel pretty confident it's going to be a three-to-five pitch strikeout A-B. Who's so the, you, who's you the, know who you have a good matchup against. <laughs> who, who's the best, uh, the best hitter you, you've, uh, you've thrown against? You, you just, you know, or maybe like just maybe a pitch, you know, it's a perfect pitch. Um, and he still crushed it. It's the like, best how that hitter I've thrown against. Um, this is a guy who I think is one of the, like one of the most underrated and maybe one of the smartest hitters I've ever. And we, I th- and this is actually someone that I threw against the spring training was Howie Kendrick. Mm. Howie Kendrick is probably the most underrated smartest hitters I've ever seen in my life. He's unbelievable. Um, you know, and he's a, he's not a full-time player anymore. I think he hit 340 last year. Um, he and had obviously, a great stack cast that battle last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he crushed it. Like a stack I mean, cast stuff. But he's also an amazing human being. He takes care of the minor leaguers. Um, and, but whole, like, that's an, that's an at-bat. That's an at-bat right there. Um, he's just really smart. He's really smart. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he's been around for a long time. And like, long time. Yep. people were talking about him, like, potentially getting a batting title. I don't know how close he got, but I feel like I feel like he did to some degree. But a uh, great career the, for him, In obviously. the past, in his career? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how close he got, but I know, like, that was something that people, when yeah. he was coming up, they were saying, this guy's, this guy's a future potential. Like, I feel like him and Brand, Brandon Phillips got a lot of comps to each other. Yeah, I could see that. Um. All right, so uh, minor leagues. I want to talk about the minor leagues. Uh, life yep. in the minor leagues, not not as glamorous uh, as as the pros, uh, as you know, as the big leagues. Uh, you know, for the Nationals, well, you know, what Scherzer and Soto are getting uh, the spread. But what what are we looking at in the locker room as far as uh, the buffet uh, before uh, the game, after the game? Is it like a stipend of some sort? Uh, what, what are we doing here? So it's a, it depends. Everyone, so every team in the league has a visitor visiting clubhouse. They have a visitor locker room, and then they have a visiting clubhouse manager. And he is uh, responsible for a certain amount of meals, and we have to pay for those meals. Um, and those are called clubhouse dues. So each, each, each place has, a, you know, you're going to spend $12 a day here, $8, whatever. Everyone's different. Um, and there is a very big gap between a good clubhouse manager and a bad one. Um, <laughs> you know the good ones, you know the bad ones. You're sometimes you're going to get Chick-fil-A before the game. Sometimes you're going to only have a loaf of bread. Um, and, you know, peanut butter before the game. So, I mean, there's, there's a big gap, but typically it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's a lot of deli meat, I will say that. A lot of deli meat. Hopefully you get deli meat, fruit, maybe some, you know, some kind of hot chicken or something like that. I don't, I don't, it just depends. Uh, but typically when a big le- – this is like an unspoken rule. When a big leaguer is on rehab, um, they usually pay for a meal. They usually pay for a meal, so they'll pay okay. for all the money. So when they come down, we're like, oh, my gosh, we might get out back tonight or, you know, <laughs> whatever they can get pick up, the clubhouse manager picks up. Um, and that's you're, like not, the, you're not rooting for guys to get injured, but you're kind of secretly excited to see them come through for a couple of games. You're not you're – not, I mean, obviously, you never want to see that. But when yeah. they're there, you know, you get a good meal. Um, sometimes it's been a while since you had a good meal, so you're pretty excited about it. I hope you're not paying twelve dollars for a loaf of bread and some peanut butter. You're getting robbed, man. You surprised sometimes. <laughs> surprised. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, I, I guess like they've been there for a long time. They just gonna do their do the. Well, I mean, 
in my experience, the more effort that the clubhouse manager goes to to get good stuff for the guys, the bigger the tips are. Um, it's definitely reciprocated. You can tell if a guy put effort in, and you can tell when a guy is doing the minimum. So he can whatever he makes the dues is what we have to pay. Um, but after that, you know, everyone tips typically unless it's like if it's peanut butter and bread, it's really hard to tip someone like that. So yeah. There's a there's a big difference. So, but if a guy puts some effort in, and it doesn't take much to put effort in, a, a trip to Sam's Club makes a big difference, you know. Um, uh, but the tips start really rolling out for sure. I remember years ago I read a book about uh, a clubhouse attendant in the majors, and like they were they were talking about all the kind of the ins and outs, and this is all sort of familiar. And yeah, just like I didn't know that like the player is just supposed to tip this. Like, how is it? Do you have, you have cash? How does that even work? Everybody has cash on them? I mean, sometimes. So, I mean, we get a stipend. Uh, I think it was $20 a day. I'm, I might be wrong on that, but I think it was $20 a day. So, if you're on a, you know, road trip, then you get $20 a day. But then they'll mix in, a, you know, that travel day is a half day and then whatever. But, you know, yeah. so it gets a little finagled. But so, it's usually you try to pay out of that. So, your meal money of you uh, that's supposed to be used for your dinner or whatever, a lot of times goes towards just paying your dues. They, they go right back to, you know, the clubhouse. And travel, like uh, we talked about this pre-show a little bit, but like the bus rides and getting into hotels like nine in the morning, what's uh, what's life on the road like uh, in the minor leagues? Uh, you, you start knowing the channels by heart <laughs> in the hotel room. And you know what hotel you're like, oh, we're going to Trenton or we're going here. Oh, they have a really nice hotel. That's not bad. And then there's other ones, and I have no problem calling them out here, Altoona. They have a hotel called the Altoona Grand. And okay. It's the worst hotel I've ever been in, and I want them to change that. Uh, so I apologize, but Mr. Mr. and Mrs. owner of Altoona Grand Curve, we can do What that. city is this in? This is Altoona. Oh, Altoona's a city. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Altoona Grand Hope. Grand, the hotel Grand is Altoona Grand Hotel. This sounds so mean. <laughs> the team is the Altoona Curve, and it's the worst hotel I've ever been in. I so, wanted to see if I can get a quick Yelp score or something like that, or uh, see if I can get something on the fly. I'm not curious. I, you know, I don't even know if I should be saying that. But, <laughs> I'm but sure they, they're fantastic uh, people. <laughs> but I'm sure they're amazing people. But, uh, yeah, that, it's a little rough. That one, that is one that every minor leaguer wants to avoid. Yeah, and you were saying like one of the big, uh, one of the big fights is, and I don't know, fights the right word, but like uh, who fights, claiming? Fights getting, is a good word. Fights okay, that's the right word. word. <laughs> you were talking about. We're well, on a bus. In the bus. A bus. You know, not everyone. Can, we have so many people. that not everyone can get their own seat. The bus is like a chartered bus, and it's like the rows are two by two. So all the coaches get their own seat. All the assistants, all the trainers. Um, the media person, whoever's coming, they all get their own seat. So that leaves, you know, you know, that's like eight, that's like a third of the bus. So a lot of people have to start sharing seats. When you're on a 10-hour bus ride, we have these 6'3", 220 guys. <laughs> Not a lot of people want to share their own seat. So um, the starting pitcher gets their own seat, guaranteed, Then for the next day. The catcher the next day gets his own seat. After that, it goes from – it goes by um, – what highest level you've been at. If you're a big leaguer, you're getting your own seat. If you're in AAA and other people haven't been in AAA, you're getting your own seat. And it works its way all the way down. Um, but there's definitely been some some petty fights over it. And, you know, some guys do not like to give up their seat, even if they should. So, that's yeah. it. It's, 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 listen, 
That's the number one fight in minor league baseball. It's over the seats on the bus. I, that sounds ridiculous, but for sure. And about rooming, about beds as well, is that, or is that just something that the, the team delegates? Uh, you have your roommate beforehand. So uh, for me, I just try to – you can request a roommate. I'm like, hey, hey, Tyler, Tyler Mates. Tyler Mates was my roommate this year. Hey, Tyler, do you snore? No, you don't snore? All right, we can be roommates. That's the first question. <laughs> That's the first question for sure. <laughs> do you snore? Do you like Netflix or do you play video games? <laughs> if it's a yes to all three, then we can be roommates most likely. Do you, I mean, you carry a console with her? Are you watching Netflix as you're going, uh, as you're going yes. along? Yeah, so, I mean, I, it's almost a must to have, like, on your phone or on an iPad, like, Netflix or something, because they'll put bu- movies on the bus, but you might not want to hear that movie. And that movie is coming off around 3 o'clock, and you have six hours left on the bus. <laughs> it's hard to get, a, like, a group of, like, four people to figure out what topping they want on a pizza. To get everybody to, like, uh, agree on the movie – it's probably really tricky and uh, hard to figure out, I suppose. Probably not uh, probably not a lot of success. Executive decisions have to be made. <laughs> and then you just, like, fire up your iPad and, like, say, screw the movie. I'm just going to oh, watch yeah, yeah. it. I, I typically just put my headphones on. Even if it's a good movie, uh, the TVs aren't always high-def quality. <laughs> we don't have high-def in 2020? Come on, man. This <laughs> uh, are from 2020 a lot of the time. But, you yeah. know, but these are, like, the memories – I don't think Nate, like even I was telling, we were talking before the show how uh, we were in low A and we had four people in our living room living on, sleeping on mattresses at one point. Um, you know, a couple of people had their own room and then, you know, all of, we had four of us living in the, in the living room on a mattress. But, and that, those aren't fun. Obviously it's not great. Like that's not what you want. Uh, but you make a lot of, like we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with the guys or whatever. And I don't think poorly on those memories, but I mean, that should never be the case. We should never have to do that. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a sad situation. Um, but we tried to make the best of it for sure. You know, you're, uh, you, you go get a TV, everybody, you, everyone pitches in for a TV. We put it on a box, you know, then we go to Dollar General, get us some lawn chairs for chairs. Uh, just all that stuff. It's, it, I mean, I, I look back on it. We shouldn't have had to do it, but we made the boat. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, whenever uh, athletes retire, they always look back. The camaraderie is always, like, one of the first things they talk oh. about is as the thing they miss. So, yeah. even if it's not the best conditions necessarily, that the camaraderie is still awesome, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what – I mean, I miss a lot. There's two things I really miss about baseball right now. One is my friends. I miss the camaraderie. Uh, my best friends – my best friend at my wedding – like, the best man at my wedding. All these people, you know, are from baseball. Um, so I miss those guys. We talk a lot. Um, and then the other part is, I, is you kind of miss the comp, the competition. Like I don't have a lot of competition right now. It kind of gets me a little stir crazy. <laughs> um, so like I find myself like competing and things. I, I'm like, Oh, I, like I need to relax. <laughs> <laughs> I need to relax. I need a batter in the box is what I need. You playing like MLB the show online. Oh yes. I will <laughs> sometimes, but I play call of duty or something. You know, and I'm like yelling at the seven-year-old kid. <laughs> I'm like, all right, it's I not need, your fault. I need to step back. I need to step back. I'm like, I got you. You suck. Um, like, <laughs> the show, by the way, it's really hard to hit. Is that just me? It's hard, oh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I know. I, I know. Growing up, I always did like the one-touch hitting. So you have like a contact button, a power button, or whatever. But I mean, now that you're moving the circle around, like the, you know, it's it's hard. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't doing very good at it. Uh, I don't want to keep it too long. And you actually, you have a meeting, uh, and, you know, not, not too long after this too. So we got we to gotta get moving. We want to talk about uh, sports cards, uh, how yes. we discovered you, how you discovered us. Uh, first of all, yeah, let's start with this. How cool is it to have your own sports card? And uh, not only do you have your own sports card, you signed some cards. Yes. And I guess you signed it, you sent it to the company. And then through the magic of the universe, it came back to you. How did that work? Yeah, so uh, I guess I, I got a top deal during the off season, and I agreed to a certain amount of signature cards or whatever. Um, so I signed those, I sent them off, and then we're, we're on our way. We're having a mini vacation. We just went to the beach for one weekend. We're pretty close to the beach. Um, and then my wife's dad is like, holy crap, your card is online. It's on eBay right now. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's on eBay. Here, look. And new enough, there's only it was one of my uh, relic, my rare signature cards. There's only five in the world, and I actually have it right here. He's like, there's only five in the world. Like you never know, and there it is right there, my Bowman. And that's, that's my very cool. And and you can you can verify that is your signature. Yep, I can verify that that is <laughs> that is me for all those curious listeners. So, um, so yeah, so we're like. What if another one doesn't ever come out? Like, what if people don't open them in packs? What if it doesn't ever come on eBay again? Uh, so we bought it. We bought it. And uh, I grew Did you get in a bidding like, war or you buy it now? How'd that work? Um, I don't think you knew who Jacob Bogan was. So it wasn't that that expensive. So we were, we were cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, it wasn't that expensive. So, uh, but he posted it and then. We just bought it. We bought it. I think we, we offered. I think we made a bid lower. He said, yeah, we'll take that. I don't know who this no-name guy, Conjure Bogan, is. Get rid of this card. Well, I mean, if you paid, like, PayPal, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how you pay, but if, like, if you pay with your name, yeah. buying the name, I wonder if that's your name appears in the payments. Like, well, wait a second. This is the person actually buying the card. Oh, uh, I had no clue. But I, I forget if I – no, I think my uh, father-in-law actually made – because we I think I was driving. I think he actually made the purchase. And, like, we were so – we were, like – on cloud nine. Uh, and then that's when we made this decision that we were going to try to get my rainbow, which is you get one of every card. Um, so right now we have uh, one of every card from 250 all the way down to this five. Uh, I think it was out of 50, out of 100, uh, out of 250, maybe out of 500 even. Uh, so the only thing we're missing is our one one platinum for anyone who ever sees the super rare Conjure Bogan one of one. <laughs> hey, if you guys are out there, we have a buyer. <laughs> yes, we have, we have a buyer. Don't gouge me, please. <laughs> Don't seem too anxious. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, sort of getting back. And uh, when I was younger, I was in the sports cards. Now I'm kind of get back, getting back into it. And Rotor Grinders here, we're doing some more sports kind of card content as well, too. So I'm learning more as well. Um, do your teammates, do your teammates care about this? Is this something they talk about or like picking out their cards or nope, not so no. much? For, I mean, a couple here and there, but most guys don't. It's not something they're really interested in. Um, I have two teammates that I know have collected their own cards. One, Daniel Tillo, who's with the Royals right now, and he's on the 60-man with the Royals. He um, he was one of the guys who started posting on Twitter his own his own cards. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so he got me into it a little bit. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then when mine came out, I started doing the exact same thing, exact same thing. And then Jake Lowry is another one. And Jake Lowry um, is kind of making his – starting starting his his new journey into coaching um but i know he i think he had a card from every year did you have a say at all in the picture did you, did you have a no, did they ask no, you for that or no say i just i just sign them <laughs> um, uh 
Yeah. So uh, g- give me some uh, some cards. Like I guess the Bowman first prospect cards. Who should I be targeting in the minor leagues? If I'm a collector, who, who do you uh, who should I have my, my eye on? Uh, who I think and who other people think, and you know, the generated value is a little different. So everyone's on the Dominguez's. Um, he's like 17, right? He's never played in the United States, so it's a little hard for me to, you know, go ahead and give him a batting title or something like that. And his cards are going for thousands of dollars. Is that correct? Thousands of dollars. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Wander Franco had a little bit more merit to me because um, he was already hit like. 340 or something, you know, in the United States last year when his card was blowing up. But um, I mean, from the collective side, it's Bobby Witt, it's Poisson, um, Xavier Edwards isn't bad. Um, some of the Anthony Volps, there's a lot of people who like Anthony Volt or maybe Volpe. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Um, I'm trying to think. The, Jay, the rare Jacob Conjure Co- Bogan card, look out for that one. <laughs> a lot of people are, you know, want that going for a couple thousand so did you cross paths with a uh maybe a joe adele or a Luis robert yeah yeah for sure i am uh i faced a joe adele he is oh for one against me with a there it is. to end the game and get a save <laughs> mr joe adele yes so. <laughs> love it uh tell the people about your uh your instagram page i was looking at it before the show and uh i guess you, you're you're partnering with uh, one of your former teammates yeah, so I'm partying with my former teammate. His name is Jordan Mills. Um, he played with me in AA last year. He made it up to AAA, um, and he was one of the casualties of the COVID um, cuts. So he, he wouldn't have been cut if it wasn't for COVID, and they started downsizing, and he was a free agent. So they let him go. Um, you know, we've stayed in touch the whole time, and we started coming up with ideas. Well, we can do – we have a lot of downtime. What can we do right now? Um and we started talking about cards, and he kind of had an account going, and he had collected cards growing up. I collected cards growing up. We're like, hey, there's all these guys, and we watch Phil Hughes. We've seen Phil Hughes do some of his stuff on YouTube, and we're like, you know, this is really cool. Like, it looks really fun. Uh, people are getting really good responses. Everyone's having a really good time. We're like, you know, we're going, we're going to give it a try. We're going to do that. Uh, so we created an account. Um, it's called J underscore J Breaks. That is the Instagram handle, but we call it J&J for Jacob and Jordan Breaks. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We open up packs for people. Um, we do different games here and there, um, and, you know, we do breaks. So that we got into that, and it's been a fantastic experience. The community, we have people that come and watch us every single night, and the community is fantastic. It's, it's a ton of love, um, you know, but it's a lot of work, too, that I didn't realize. A lot of behind-the-scenes work, but holy crap, it's been so much fun. I see you have one of those Dominguez cards on there as well. Uh, you're showing on your, your Instagram. Is Can you – I don't know this because I, I told you pre-show, I just signed up for Instagram like today. Right. Um, can you do live streaming on Instagram? That is what we – that is how we stream. Okay. We stream live. The only problem with Instagram is that you can only stream live at one hour at a time. So we do one hour, we cut, it cuts off, and we immediately go back live again. So um, – but we do a lot of stuff. Almost everything we do is live. So, so if we have a break and there's 10 people in our break – um, and a uh, you know, break is when 10 people uh, randomly have three teams apiece sometimes. And whatever card they get, if it's one of their three teams, that's their card, and we ship it to them. So, but those people will come and watch us live, open the cards, we give them the cards, and then if not, we post the day before is live on our Instagram account. 
What's so, the best card you if broke? If had to so work far? and they couldn't join the live break, then they can go back and rewatch it and have the same amount of fun. The the best card that you've you've opened up so far in a break, you got a Zion or something like that. Yeah, we pulled some Zion, some Ja Morant. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before we pulled a, a green prism Ja Morant that was worth pretty a lot of money. We pulled a signature uh, signature card, I believe, that was. TJ Warren, and there was only 10 in the world, that one. So that was a pretty good one. Um, but some pretty – I mean, we've had a lot of really good cards. So but most of them we, we've had uh, was other people's cards. So we sent them out to them and took care of them. And I know they were really excited to get them. And usually when people get their cards, they'll tag us, like, holy crap, I'm so excited my cards came in. Uh, and it makes us feel good. It's a good community. And tell me about tell me about Cards for Kids. That's Cards, Cards for Kids. Cards for Kids, yes. So this was an initiative we started. We haven't created a page for it. Um, I think there's a lot of merit into this idea. And I think this could be a phenomenon that could definitely grow and help a ton of people. So the idea between Cards for Kids is that when we were doing all these, there were a lot of base cards and paper cards that people didn't really want. They were like, hey, keep, keep the base cards. I don't need those or like, or whatever. And I know that when we open packs, there's a lot of cards that I know I'm never going to I never go and do anything once besides put it in a box. So we came up with a Cards for Kids initiative. Um, my wife is a teacher, and she was one of the people who thought of this. We all three thought about this together. And we take all the base cards. So anyone in our break, we ask them, hey, do you want to donate your base cards to Cards for Kids? We take all the base cards, and we put them in team bags, and we give them out. We give them out to kids that are at school. So that is the initiative we have started, and – it's just, it's wonderful. So a lot of these kids, when they go into the store, they're not going to see the Bowmans or the basketball or a lot of these big ones, but they'll be able to see them when we give them a bag, you know, a bag of cards and a little team bag. So that is our initiative called that Cards for Kids. So um, we encourage people to do that in their own community. If you have base cards and you want to give them out, reach out to somebody, reach out to me, reach out to us. We will get you in contact with someone who'd be very interested in that and do it in your own communities as well. If you want to give them a goodwill or whatever, I know that I have cars that they, in my base that they would just sit here. Um, and a lot of these cars are mass produced more so than they were in the eighties and nineties. And, you know, they're not probably ever going to be of value. If I want to, I'm listening. I want to, I want to give you some cards. Uh, how do I go about giving you some cards? Yep. So I would say one, you could go to J underscore J breaks on Instagram. And we respond um, and how to give us cards or how we can get you set up in your own community to give out cards. And I think that might be even more powerful than giving it to us to give is for you to do it. And, you know, we start, everyone starts doing it in their own community. Um, and, uh, and that would be amazing. And the other ways you can go to my Twitter account or my Instagram account um, and just type in Jacob Conjurebogan and you'll find both of them. I'm on your Instagram. I see a bunch of cards here posted, a lot of basketball cards. What's your favorite card, your favorite non-Jacob uh, uh, Condra Bogan card? Uh, and basketball, who's won the title this year? So my favorite um, non-Jacob Condra Bogan card is probably – I have a Raphael for call. I grew up a Braves fan, and I have a Raphael for call card that I opened, like one of my first cards I ever opened in the pack when I was younger – and it's an upper deck etchings, and it's a beautiful card. And um, that's probably one of my favorite ones. Other than that, um, my, so what I personally collect are my teammates' cards. Uh, I don't really have a team that I specifically collect. Um, but, you know, I have cards from a lot of my ex-teammates, and that's, like, that's what I'm going for. That's, that's really what I'm going for. So I want to get 
all my and more so than just ex teammates, all my good friends. I want their cards. Um, which is cool. This is cool. And how does that work being a, a Braves fan? Like you know, being in the, the Washington organization. Obviously, you could se- you just you have to separate the two, I suppose, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I guess once I got to college and I started playing. Uh, collegiate baseball I stopped watching as much professional baseball because I was playing it all the time um, so I got a little bit more into college football and college basketball that was and we would go to the games we'd go to the Walford basketball is a really good program we, we'd go to the basketball games we'd watch you know on tv March Madness was like to this day March Madness is my favorite like my favorite time of the year it's so good March Madness and like Game of Thrones events which we had during the season were like my favorite things to do um what, was it like watch parties for Game of Thrones? Yeah, so we would have watch parties. So every Sunday night uh, after a game, our whole team would go. If we were in the hotel, our whole team would um, talk to the hotel and see if we'd get a conference room, and we would all watch uh, Game of Thrones. It was so, like we had so much fun with it. A lot of people were very angry about the last season of Game of Thrones. I, I feel like you got a little too much hate, personally. I, I thought so, fun. too. Um, I, I just think – you know, I have people who said that they would never suggest that to someone else. I'm like, those are some of the best, like, memories I have with those guys. And also, the first six seasons were the best TV I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, it's a great show. Uh, I don't know if that you can get the full effect on, like, an iPad. Like, yeah, like you said, you need, you need like, a, a screening. Yes. It's better. Uh, like, it, it's hard. There's certain shows you shouldn't be watching on a phone. <laughs> That's probably one of them. No. I don't know. So, we would, like, take a projector. And ask them if they had a projector. If they didn't, we would like someone would bring one, and like we would, it was so cool. We had such a good time with it. Uh, you mentioned the Braves. Are you a Hawks fan as well? I grew up a Braves, Hawks, and Falcons fan. I've kind of backed off that as I've gotten older. Um, um, so I mean, for when it comes to basketball, I'm more of a fan of players than team. Yeah. Fan of players. Right Who's now, uh, I have like this weird. I love sweet shooting two guards. Love okay. Them. So I love Clay Thompson, Jamal sure. Murray, uh, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I think some of these guys are underrated, and just, they're just so good at what they do. So good at what they do. You got a, you got a prediction? Who's winning the NBA title this year? Mm, I mean, <laughs> I mean, most likely the Lakers. Um, I think uh, on a different value. I don't want to get into this too much, but the Lakers are plus two hundred to win the. Uh, <laughs> It, it would not be a bad would not be a bad investment in my opinion. Yeah, I got into we we have previous shows about that, and uh, I don't know. I, I I think the Clippers should basically be the same odds personally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a, are the Clippers at? Like they're like plus three thirty. I, I think know? that's very good too. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's very good too. Um, they're just much deeper, you know. I feel like they can sustain. And like I, you know, who knows what's going to happen uh, with this bubble? How perfect it's going to be? How will, not perfect it's going to be? I will say the I felt before COVID that the Marcus Morris trade was kind of a bust. Yeah, they can use him now. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe he'll come back. You know, it, it it didn't work out the way that people thought it was. I will say that. So I mean, we'll see. Uh, I did not love the JR signing. Yeah, well, I mean, and now Rondo's out for six to eight weeks. I guess he'll be fine, like, in theory, if they're, you know, there within the year. But uh, Well, people were worried about um, LeBron running himself into the ground, and they're thinking that now that that's impossible for him to do, that, you know, he's he's about to just triple-double every night for the rest of the season. He's the most finely tuned athlete. Like, I, he's, I have no worries about LeBron staying oh, in shape. Oh, no, man. I mean, you know how many millions of dollars he puts into his body. 
he he's invest he invested in himself and the articles are are amazing where he's invested into himself more than anyone I've ever heard of investing into himself. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's paid off for sure. Yeah, they uh, talked about when he was with Team USA and a lot of guys were eating cheeseburger and stuff. He had his personal chef, like all that. Even and this was when he was like twenty two. There was this article that came out recently. I think it was the Athletic. I didn't get a chance to finish it, but it, talking about how he has this uh, this sweet tooth that he like. He eats a lot of terrible food, apparently, but, like, he gets really? away with it because he works out so much and he counter it, whatever. It's, I'll send you the link afterwards. I think it was athletic, but it was really interesting and worth getting into. But I'm, I'm holding you way too long. You have to go. You got things oh, to no. do. Oh, I'm, no, I'm good. I got a good, another good 10 minutes. Don't <laughs> we don't want to get it too close. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Oh, I just hit a button and I'm switching over to another Zoom call. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> yeah, man, I wish I had that article on the fly as far as the Lakers, but uh, – yeah, but, but you, you said you played in high school. You played high school basketball. Were you also – were you a two-guard? Is that why you have a sweet spot for the, the twos? I mean, I was I was a mix. I was a one-to-three type guard. Uh, so, I mean, I'm like – I'm 6'3", six, 6'4", six, like 230 now. But then I was like 170 before I started, at like, working out a ton and, like, adding weight in that way. Um, but I, I don't know. I just – there it's just pure – like, if someone has a good mid-range jumper, like, I love it. Um, DeMar DeRozan. I think DeMar DeRozan's underrated. Um, but... This is the worst analytical take, though. Analytics guy's like, no, mid-range jumper. We can't that, – yeah. that's not a thing anymore. The Rockets would fire I you. I know. I know. But, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't – the Rockets with their small ball lineup, I'm not – I mean – You're not in on it? You don't like it? I'm not in. I'm not in. I, I mean, well, I well, – I mean, there was a point, though. I mean, there was a point in the season where the most efficient shot in the game was a Zion layup. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, layups and threes, that's the wave of the 2020. And, like, playing P.J. Tucker at the five, uh, and that's, you know, they traded away Capella to Atlanta. And they did bring in uh, Luke Richard and Mabute. I don't know if he's going to get yeah. a run, but that's yeah. a guy that, you know, a body, and I don't know how much he's going to play, but it's going to be really interesting. Well, well, as good as Clint Capella was a rim defender, um, you know, <laughs> he, I mean, was he shooting from the free throw line, 46%? Not very well, but the pick and roll with Harden was amazing. I love watching the, the PNR with Capella and, and Harden. It's like unstoppable. I'm an anti-Harden person, so. Oh, okay. Because of uh, his, you just don't like his game. You don't appreciate it. You think well, it's a I think that him what? and Russell Westbrook get so much. And this is before they joined together. But I mean, they have like eight of the top nine turnover ratio seasons of all time. They're they're the most ball dominant, ball like turnover driven players of all time. But we because they put up a lot of, you know, points, specifically points, um, you know, we, we, we herald them as, you know, superstars. Amazing. And they are, <laughs> you know, he put up if, for da- daily fantasy, he put up a lot of um, three of 18 from the three point field last so far. A lot. Yeah. But years ago, this is before you, uh, there was a site called draft street, uh, uh, draft street. They would dock you for, for missed shots. Uh, and missed shots and missed free throws. You lose like a half a point. Yeah. And it was like the worst to have like, you know, bad, terrible free throw shooters. And even like a guy like Carmelo Anthony, who was just like a volume shooter. It was like, like you'd be in the negative sometimes, at least out, out the gate. And just, you'd hate to see terrible shots. Of course, now, you know, I don't care if Harden takes 30 shots and he only makes seven yeah. of them. He's getting a line to a bunch as well, too. He's yeah. making a bunch I mean, of threes. fantasy, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, real life, different perspective, uh, different conversation, obviously. And sure. well, the other thing is they can beat anybody. They can beat anybody by 20, and yep. they can lose anybody by 20 based upon three-point variance. And we saw what 
was it last year or two years ago? They were over twenty-seven for three in a game. Yeah, I mean, but you'll see times where they get—they're so poor defensively that they get lot that they'll just—it's literally just like this, like like they just—they're they're, going—they're running at full speed and they're just losing the ball, um, and then it's just free layups. I, I think I watched them lose to the Knicks by like twenty, and I was just like, like what's going on? It was going, and it typically came from the defensive end more than anything. They would take a bad shot, and the next thing you know, it's a fast break layup, and then they would, they would do it again. It, there was a time where the, you know, Doc, uh, Doc Rivers' kid, uh, Austin Rivers, yes, uh, you would look at his shooting chart. It was incredible because he wouldn't, he did not have a mid-range shot. It was all threes and all like layups and dunks. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, he fit in absolutely perfect there with Houston, and just that's the that's the team philosophy. I mean, that's yeah. I mean. He Dan Antonio fits perfectly with what that team's meant to do. I mean, he always had that with Steve Nash and Sotomayor. Um, was it the shoot under 12 seconds to get a shot off under 12 <laughs> seconds? I did. Yeah. I mean, they take that to a whole nother level, but playoff slows down in my. I don't know if it does like analytically, um, but I, the you know the common word is just that it slows down some during uh, the playoffs. That's one of the arguments against uh, against Giannis. They say Giannis, you know, can't play in a half-court game. And, you know, he's got a decent three. It's not good, obviously, but it's serviceable. He can, he can bang it. It's probably yeah. at 29%, 30%, maybe 28 more or less, which isn't that much lower than a guy like Jokic or a guy like Embiid. Right. Uh, and they, those, those guys don't get nearly as much, you know, as uh, far as their three. We could have a whole show on, on thoughts about the 76ers over the last two or three years. <laughs> they have a lot of talent. Um, they just can't. Is it the coach? Is it Brown? You don't you don't like what they're running organizationally? Or well, like I think why? Ben, I Get think Simmons, Simmons to shoot a three. Ben Simmons is the most overhyped player in the NBA. It's not wow. Even okay. Not even close. So, but I am looking forward to um, <laughs> a Markel Fultz uh, resurgence. I I would really like to see that. I would really like to see that. You're a Fultz truther. Well, I just, you know, he's going, he's, I just feel like he went through so much. I would love to see him come back to form. Well, yeah, I don't watch a lot of college basketball. So I, all I know about is like the kind of the clips that I saw of him and I saw he was drafted. I believe he was the number one pick overall, if I'm not mistaken. And you would see him with this funky like uh, free throw. And they would just like, what is this? How is this guy the number one pick? And again, I don't, I'm from, from a perspective where I don't watch a lot of college basketball. So I don't right. know much about him, but and I'm like, I don't, yeah. And Philadelphia just, basically gave him away they kind of gave up on him really really quickly yep. and Orlando's really a good quickly. spot to yep. figure I mean, it he out had, he had um he had surgery they said he had the yips um but I mean I mean he's in the NBA playing right now and he's not doing bad he's averaging like 14 a game I believe um you know so I think he's I would like to see him to continue to get comfortable uh, I mean but like if you watch the college videos of Alonzo Ball you would have thought he was going to shoot 40 percent from three um you know, in the pro ranks, but it, it hasn't even been close to that. Sometimes it's been really ugly, actually. Who should I be looking for in uh, the college ranks coming up? Because, I, again, I don't know. I don't follow. I can't name five college. I, I'm about daily fantasy sports about today. Right. If you're in the NBA today, then I know who you are. Uh, I like James Wiseman. I, that's my – That's my. I like James Wiseman. What's, what, is his, what is his deal? What does he do? What's his comp? His comp? Like, what's his game like? He's all around, all around. He's huge, all around guy. He um he's from Memphis, Memphis okay. University. Um, I think he'll go probably four or five. Um, depending you know depending on, but he had. It's hard to it's hard to say because you know, you get a small sample size because they uh they banged him, they banged him. The NCAA gave him a suspension, so and then he sat out the rest of the year after that. Oh, for getting some kind of violation, I guess, or. 
uh, he his coach when he was six, 15 years old uh, paid for them to do an AAU thing and like an AAU thing. So like <laughs> yeah. like paid for him to live in a hotel during this AAU tournament or something like that. It was something very like when he was in high school, it was a money related issue. Um, and a lot of people felt very strongly that he should not had been suspended. Uh, there's a lot of big time uh, analysts who are baffled that, you know, it's, a lot of us are baffled by a lot of stuff the NCAA does. Let's be honest. We can do a whole show on the NCAA and, uh, you know, how, uh, I mean, I, I, I'll get off my sofa. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of the NCAA and just no. the, the rolling bodies. Are you, and, a, are you a break off power five guy? Well, no, I, I, I'm not a big college guy in general from a, a right. sports perspective. I, I went to UCF. So I, I root for UCF. Right. Uh, the national champs, of course. I'm sure you remember that happened. <laughs> kind of, sort of. There's some air quotes there, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't. And the, they're on the American Conference, which nobody cares about the American Conference. And I follow college ball to some degree, but I, as I've gotten older, I've fallen out of college sports for whatever reason. Right. Baseball, I never really followed very closely, so I don't, I don't know it very well. But maybe one of the reasons is because the NCAA is such a turnoff. <laughs> you wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, if there was a reason not to watch college, it would be because of the institution of NCAA. Yeah, I don't want to. It's not that I don't want to support the players, but like you know, it's just like man, pay the. It's a, I know it's a complicated issue, but like the amount of money they're making for the schools and what they're getting out of it, it doesn't seem to be. Well, you know, from the college baseball side, um, the most scholarships you can have are eleven point seven out of thirty-five players. Okay. And then, um, out of thirty-five, you have thirty-five players. You can only have a paid a two paid assistant coaches, so the ratio there is terrible. Compared to like college basketball, which you're gonna have, I believe, 13 full scholarships, and 15 is it 15 or 16 players on the roster, but you're gonna have four paid coaches. Like the ratio there is is just not even close. So I mean, a lot of mid majors in the baseball world are just dying off. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that some of the schools have folded. The baseball programs have folded because of COVID. I've had I've seen that for some of the schools, and that's uh, obviously terrible. There's a couple of couple others that have. My brother went to Furman. He was telling me about it. Yeah, that's uh, and Furman's a big uh, rival of Wilford, right? I believe yep, so. Yep, it is. It is. <laughs> that's right down the road. Um, but I mean, all Wilford. I mean, it was very respected rivalry. So we we're kind of. I mean, we were sad by it. No one. No one's happy about it. Yeah, I said it wrong. Wofford. My apologies. Wofford. I wasn't going to correct you. <laughs> so anyone who was watching from Wofford would be like. Oh my gosh! Why did he not say anything? <laughs> I, I I don't know the name. I, I've seen it before. I've seen it in print. I've heard people say it, but for whatever reason, I, I flubbed it here. My apologies. Uh, all no. right, before we step aside and get out of here, uh, one, one more time, let, let us know. I, I thank you for your time. I want to see you, you pitching back as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, I really hope that that happens. As, maybe this year. I don't know. Uh, we shall see. Uh, and one last time, tell the people about your Instagram and uh, you know how they can get some cards to you, cards for kids, yes. all the good stuff. Yeah, so our Instagram name is at J underscore J Breaks. Um, that is J and J Breaks. Um, and, you know, we're donating all base cards to kids. If you guys would like to get in touch, you can do come to my personal IG page. Um, just type in Jacob Conjurebogan and you will find me. The actual at name is at J Conjurebogan or find me on Twitter as well. Much appreciate your time. That was Jacob Conjurebogan. I was Dean. That was baseball. This was the morning grind. We're out of here.